Welcome to Doctor 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard rank ladder. I'm your host, Katrina, and along with me are my fellow hosts, the card game queen herself, Dragon Rider, and you know her, you love her, it's Smarms. How we all doing this evening? Uh, good. I think there's like a variety of various Hearthstone things that we have to discuss, so... Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting getting into them once we're there. Yes. Should be pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see how we all feel about <laughs> some of these things. That that will be the, uh, the true feels. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's start with the previous poll question, which... Uh, was actually, I guess, technically two weeks ago now, because last week we did do our kind of mini sets, um, like kind of cards that we expected to be most impactful in each of the, um, classes. So, uh, from a couple weeks ago before the mini set came out, we asked what like type of card that was coming in the mini set were you most excited about? Uh, Was it like Excavates cards and more legendaries with those? Were you excited about more uh, no duplicate type cards? No, you know, like deep uh, minor brand and just more options for like Reno Highlander decks? Or were you excited for more dual class cards? And definitely seems like a lot of people, uh, 44% said more dual class cards very excited for dual class cards. Uh, only 36% voted for the more no duplicates and 20% uh, were more excited about those excavate cards and new legendaries. Um, which I think fits how I probably would have uh, expected those results to go. I definitely think as soon as people knew, oh my God, dual class cards, like everyone was like, dual class, wow, like losing their minds, right? Like dual class cards are back. Uh, so people are very excited about those. They love those. And um, yeah, I, I think that dual class cards are historically, not even just now, but like over Hearthstone's time has been one of the, the like highest received types of cards i think people just really like the dual class cards so not surprised by this poll (laughs) maybe it's just me but i think one of the reasons i find dual class cards so intriguing is because like you can really perfectly balance something for one class for it to fit in both classes it might be a little bit stronger in one class than the other one and so i think that's kind of fun (laughs) yeah yeah what what do you mean? Well, I'm I'm used to seeing a, a card in one class and then for some odd reason it pops up in a second class and I go, what the hell? And then I'm like, Ooh. oh wait, yeah, that card exists in both classes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except for it's only like meta in one and I don't know. Yes. That's kind of fun. It is. Uh yeah, I mean the most powerful cards I think I've seen have been the dual class cards and then the mining cards. Obviously, Bran is pretty strong, but like, uh, the, uh, 
I can't remember the card's name, but the card that gives a minion Divine Shield, Wind Fury. <laughs> also a dual class card. Yeah. Shrimpscavate. Exactly. Oh my Shrimps- god. Yeah, that card <laughs> yes. is ridiculous and Paladin oh definitely did not need it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But yeah. Yes. Dual class cards. Super cool. Um, so mm-hmm. thank you everybody who voted in that poll question uh, a couple weeks ago, and we will have another one at the end of this episode. Exactly. All right. Smarms, you want to go into the news? Yes. So patch 28.4 has released. So of course comes with that the mini set. Um, all the cards uh, can. This is this is a question. This is. This is not news, y'all. This is something that I should have known ahead of time. Can you still buy the minis? Like, is that... Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah everybody, so you, can... you can still buy the mini set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, cards the... like in there. <laughs> That's right. So, the mini sets are always a little bit different in terms of, like, the... How you can get them. Um, so, they for the full expansions, they always have the pre-order bundles. But the mini sets, you can't actually technically even purchase until it launches but then you can buy it for it's 15 us dollars or you can buy it for 2000 in-game gold um, for the the base non-golden version Um, or you can also craft the cards individually like you can with any other cards Um, and then you can also open the mini set cards in the previous expansions card packs so if you have any of the you know those packs uh from showdown that you've like saved up then you should be able to open those and you will start getting the mini set cards and that applies with the uh, duplicate protection as well so like when you start opening cards you're likely going to get all of the mini set commons first because that's the most you know that's the easiest uh, rarity to collect and then you know when you open the rares if you have all of the expansion cards it is right then it's like you're guaranteed to start opening the mini set cards or you'll just get them mixed in with other cards that you haven't um, opened from that expansion of those rarities because duplicate protection is awesome it is awesome and if you have like standard you know standard year packs too also those true will... yeah standard packs too. yeah yep so uh, Anything that would give you the cards will give you the new cards first because of duplicate protection. So any rares and commons you are going to get are going to come from the mini set, and then legendaries. If you don't, if you have them all, you would essentially pull them from that, and then um, epics, same thing. So, but that's only if you have a complete set at that point in time. All right, so there's also the Lunar New Year event starts next week, January 30th to February 13th. Um, So that's like their typical events where you complete quests to earn XP and a special events rewards track. So complete the rewards track to earn six signature cards, two Kobold Miner, two Walking Mountain, and two Howdy Finn. Uh, the Lantern Slinger Galewing uh, Battlegrounds Hero Skin and the Dragon uh, Dance Celeste Hearthstone Hero Skin. Um, also, Twist returns in February, so we will have the start of that coming up in the new month. 
And Blizzard bots have now been removed from the standard ranked ladder. They are now limited to Apprentice, like, which are new lower or new lower ranked battlegrounds games where they will continue to serve the role in smoothing out matchmaking for new players um the hearthstone esports announcement is they are still using the point system they're only going to have three tournaments this year which is one less than last year and no bg's lobby legends anymore so kind of a bummer yeah, it's uh, it's still significantly small for what I know a mm-hmm. lot of people um, want and, and hoped for. You know, I know a lot of like the kind of aspiring pros were really hoping that like larger people masters tours were coming back or that, you know, more like open tournaments were returning. Unfortunately, uh, we didn't get that news, but, you know. At least there's still something. I mean, honestly, we could have heard like, you know, hey, uh, the whole like esports team is being disbanded and like <laughs> esports aren't going to exist at all. You know, uh, like that could have happened and that would be really sad. Uh, so at least at least there's something. And like, I guess for me, like my hope is that if there is at least something that maybe eventually it can become something more but yeah right now it's it's still just a little small still only like top 16 you know or uh basically top 16 point earners still essentially it's like 16 players i think for those masters tours and then um eight people for worlds again and only two masters tours instead of three so yeah still only in top very 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 top legend they have to grind two months instead of three. So I guess a little bit less grinding, but the grinding they do in those two months matters a lot more. <laughs> I guess. So yeah. like, you know, I was gonna say go to it bed. Is be insane hearing them talk about like yeah. the grind they have to do in order to qualify. And if there's only like Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It is. And uh yeah, I don't know. It feels like uh unfortunately they're not trending in the way of making expanding esports unfortunately so that's kind of disappointing for sure i am also very hopeful and and you know again Mm -hmm. all of this is like totally just speculation this is all just like my personal hopes um but even though they did get rid of the lobby legends this year I hope that this year with the Battlegrounds duos coming out, that maybe some sort of like Battlegrounds duos tournaments or something could be implemented next year and like next year's system. Because I do actually think that the duos might play much like better into uh, like a I broadcast it- type tournament. Yeah. I think duos would be great for competitive almost better like than just regular playing duos just because of like the amount of like random people who don't necessarily have a hearthstone friend that they can play duos with whereas it's gonna make a lot of sense if you're even slightly competitive in hearthstone to have a few friends in the field and um but that would be interesting to see i would definitely like love to see it and um, I think it'd be so fun, particularly like if you did have videos of your um, 
you know, the two players together. Because <laughs> that yeah, is going to be yeah. high, high drama, well, high comedy. <clears throat> okay. Like, also, I, I know we're kind of like digging into this a little bit, but I know for me, like this, the esports stuff is definitely something that like I care a lot about. So like, I want to talk about this. Um, yeah. Same. It might have even stopped before you started playing Smarms. Did you ever get to see any of the tournaments that were held that were the? Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on what they actually called it right now, but it was essentially like a team of representatives from different countries. Uh, the World Games or whatever it was. Yeah. Like, so they actually yeah. had tournaments and like even one year the the championship was at BlizzCon. They had like four or five people teams that were from countries. So like they had a United States team and they had like, you know, a Russian team and uh, like a French team and an Australia team and like... They actually, during those broadcasts, they would occasionally, um, because they were like co-op, you know, the, the teams could talk to yeah. each other. Um, so they actually, mm -hmm. during the broadcast, would sometimes switch over and listen in on the teams and their conversations, like between, between the team so members. That's so cool. Like, I'm sure that was super fun to watch. Yeah, though, and it was like really cool to like listen to because then you got the... It, it was a mix of you still had like the casters and that kind of analysis, but then you also had the perspective from the players themselves while they were in the game, right? So it, it, that kind of switch back and forth, I think is going to lend itself incredibly, incredibly well to Battlegrounds duos. And I think that that is something that they could implement, you know, and like, if they're going to have teams, right, it's only teams of two. So it's not like it's large teams. You could still do like a 16 player event right that's okay it's 16 players two teams of yeah. or you know eight teams of twos and that's like yeah. the prize school prize pools whatever just split it between two players but then you could have the the mic conversations and listen in on their communication and like there's so many different ways that they could go into it right like either like random pairings or uh, the pairings are like decided beforehand and that's how you qualify is like as a duo and like I don't know there's so many cool things like as like an I'm always trying to look at the optimistic side of stuff like for me I'm like yeah. maybe Battlegrounds duos is like our saving <laughs> saving Honestly, thing we look I forward really... to but the thing the thing that I worry about competitive duos could be phenomenal like, it's going to bring hilarity. Like, there are so many good elements as well as, like, really intriguing play styles because, like, it's way less RNG, but, like, you have to be incredibly more tactical. I worry about it getting abandoned as a Hearthstone mode within, heart like, just, like, regular players. That's the only, like, concern I have for not taking it up as a competitive, like, thing. But I do think that that bring some enterprising and maybe I should talk to some people about this uh, or, you know, Dr. Three branching into uh, Battlegrounds, maybe um, somebody definitely needs to host a tournament to show the possibilities of the hilarity that could ensue. And so maybe like entice like, hey, here's what you could be having if you were into it. 
but I still think hosting a tournament where you have to sabotage your partner would be so <laughs> hilarious. And like, you know, it would be like the scores of like when you go golfing or like go play putt putt and like whoever has yeah. the lowest of- score. So like, one of you wins by winning. One of you wins by losing. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. They're so ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know oh, if you remember re- remember this, but like one of the first Battlegrounds tournaments that I ever watched was a team tournament. Like they had, it was like teams of two and they were just, uh, they would talk with each other like they didn't show any of this it was just like the standard how they did it but that was like one of the first ones i remember seeing and just being like oh that's a really cool concept and i only saw that once i think rdu and habugabu won that one so like that was before habugabu started playing standard do i get that level that's right yes yeah i remember that yeah, it's back yeah. in like twenty to at the end of twenty twenty, if I'm not mistaken. I, too. That sounds right. Yeah, because then after that, didn't um wasn't like twenty twenty one. Then when we really started getting deeper into um, now I'm drawing a blank. Cat, you loved watching it. Uh, master or uh, grandmasters? The, yes, the grandmasters. Like yes, I was like I. Apparently, I'm just forgetting the names of, like, all these things now. See, and this is another thing. Like, over the years, okay, Hearthstone is turning 10 years old, right? First of all, like, that's that's old for a game that is still very popular and played by a ton of people and that has as many frequent updates as something like Hearthstone does. Um, but in terms of, like, the competitive and the, you know, big tournament scenes and how much they can put into that... That has changed so drastically over the years. They have tried a lot of different things. I mean, right? We just listed like four things that they have already done mm. in yep. the yeah. last like handful of years, <laughs> right? So like there's been a lot of different systems. There's been a lot of different stuff. So I'm, I'm trying to look optimistically and hope that this is like not the end, absolutely the end of like Hearthstone esports. Like some people seem to feel like it is. But who knows? I mean, I, it I it honestly could be the end of like e- esports in general. In all honesty, like yeah, it's I mean, like esports in general is struggling. A lot of game companies have been doing yeah. just so ridiculously many amounts of layoffs and all sorts of stuff. Like, and I think card games right now, the competitive scene in a lot of card games is kind of suffering. It's like, it's just all happening at once, I think. And Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's necessarily just Hearthstone. I know people want to be like, Oh, Hearthstone, like, Oh, dead game. But like, okay. People have been saying dead game for like nine and a half years. (laughs) So like, exactly. yeah Um, and they're gonna say that about any game that like is not doing what they is suited for them right like if it it doesn't fit their exact needs it's a dead game like okay uh so you know we'll see what happens we'll see i know that 
this year we're also going to get like the full scope of the the Microsoft transition as well. So like mm-hmm. I know some people have kind of been talking about is that the Microsoft takeover and like full transition into that? Like are they going to change something like going into next year or the year after that? Like we'll we'll see what happens, but I don't know. I I feel like honestly last year and this year at least to me is kind of just a like a sad result of a lot of different factors all combined into one. Mm-hmm. And we'll just have to keep watching it. And, you know, I, I encourage people as much as possible, like support it as much as you can, because if, if we don't support it and if you say, Oh, it is a dead game and you stop watching, then like that is going to kill it. <laughs> right. That's, like, yeah. you know, they're yeah, going to see that definitely- and say nobody's watching anymore. And then they are going to get rid of it. So like, if you care at all, and if you do enjoy watching it, even if you're not actively watching the entire time, put it up on your computer and then walk away for whatever you need to go do. But like, try to keep the viewership like on, try to go back and watch the VODs if you can. Like if you want to watch that kind of stuff, like try to show them that we are still here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And just because someone's saying it's a dead game doesn't mean that anything and they're not going to stop making Hearthstone anytime soon in my estimation because they're making uh, a lot of money for minimal effort essentially um when you compare the two things like their their uh ratio it hearthstone's a cash cow they're not gonna stop might stop making hearthstones the game isn't dead the competitive scene a lot of competitive scenes seem to be like on the downswing um so like it's not just just, yeah astonishing considering like all the reports like the engagement that esports have over like traditional sports significantly more you want of money and then companies are just like nah this isn't for us but a lot of markets do that and a lot of markets are bullshit for that um women's clothing is one of them uh most women don't fit into standard sizes uh, held in a typical clothing store. So you're leaving out half the market just to be shitty. And that's what this is starting to feel like. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a certain, there's a certain point of like, what do they get out of it? Like, uh, obviously the investment versus like what they actually get out of it. I don't know anything about, like, what the profit model is on that. So, like, I can almost kind of understand um, where something like this is coming from. Because, like, you're essentially giving money away. I mean, is it, like, are you getting more people playing your game um, because of the competitive scene? And if there are more people who are... It, you know, engage in your competitive scene, they're probably the higher spenders in the game, right? They're probably the people who actually, um, you know, are, you know, pre-ordering stuff and, like, buying, buying the mini like, sets. both bundles ahead of every yeah. expansion and, you know, or at least one every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I mean, like... The women's clothing thing I get 100% because, yeah, I buy most of my stuff online. But, um, 
<sighs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, there's a certain, a certain level, and I have no freaking clue what the the business model looks for, like for it. So, like, it kind of like I know they really did not do a good job when they did the Overwatch League, um, and that was just like. I don't think they made the kind of money that they thought they were going to make with the Overwatch League. But I feel like like with the effort and the time they put into the Hearthstone, like it like it doesn't feel like it needs that much to turn a profit for, for Hearthstone. So I'm like kind of feels like you guys can be like that's the thing in my mind is like feels like Hearthstone is like low effort. And, um, it, when I say low effort, I mean relatively low effort to them putting out Overwatch 2 or, you know, like developing a new game. Like, they're not, we're not developing a new, like, system. They're not, you know, doing a new engine. They're not taking, you know, this massive project through QA again relatively compared to other things in the business so people don't misunderstand what i'm saying there's a lower level of investment um and that's kind of one of those things where i'm like so that i think that has a little bit to do with why like i expect a little bit more out of what they do for hearthstone but they just might on the business side and this is not, I'm not saying this is right or wrong or good or bad. This is just, I assume what's going on. And they're just like, yeah, we're turning a profit. That's fine. Like, we don't really care. We don't really want to put in the effort to do more or less. Like, it's just like, we're going to keep, you know, collecting the cash. So, I, and I'm not trying to argue that that's a good system. I'm just saying that's... I assume that's likely what's going on. So. Yeah. And I do always, like, wonder how much of the decisions are, like, even higher up above, like, what mm -hmm. anyone on the Hearthstone or esports team, like, have. Oh, Right, because I, like we can almost guarantee that, like, because these decisions have to be made way in advance. Yeah. This was a financial speculation mm -hmm. on how much Hearthstone will have to output as yeah. in looking more attractive to the Microsoft sale. Yeah. yeah, you you look at your potential expenditures and you're like, look how great we are. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's just my my guess. Yeah. Um, in happier news, do we want to talk about the impact that the mini set has had on the meta and yeah. what we're currently kind of playing and how that's going? Yeah, yeah. Because sure. I, I do actually think like there is a difference between the esports versus the game itself, right? And yeah. as we've seen, even throughout this last year, I mean, maybe the game has gone a little bit down on Twitch and stuff still, like in viewership. But again, it says now reaching 10 years old i think in terms of card games like people just don't keep their interest that long anyways and so like 
even though, yeah, we just talked about that. There's still a ton of creators like doing content, streaming, and like posting cool decks and talking about their results of these new decks on Twitter. Um, like I know Fino has been posting a bunch of decks, like even Pocket Train, our world champ, was like posting uh, some testing stuff with, uh, I think he was posting like a, a different variation of a Druid deck. Uh, there's mm-hmm. definitely been like some warrior that's been going around. Um, just some different interesting things. And I know um, before we started recording that I definitely agreed when uh, someone brought up that Warlock has been rising in popularity for sure. Uh, but also, Smarms, you mentioned like some Death Knight. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah. So one of the interesting things is like Plague Death Knight has been one of the ones that almost typically has been exclusively against Highlander decks because the opportunities that it offers are um, just counteract, like putting multiple of the same card in one deck and those being plagues. But like, and maybe this is something that I hadn't thought about, about like Highlanders being so much more popular with like um, the brand stuff, but Plague Death Knight is honestly now a very viable strategy and not just the counter to one slightly irritating thing um and so like that was kind of surprising to me seeing how much it had jumped in the like meta on hearthstone like replay on the impact that it's having and particularly like looking at like the specific decks and how good like certain types of you know um the uh the ah, uh, death knight has you know really just jumped from a counter to one specific thing to a actually viable solution so that's the one that i thought was in the most interesting um i do think that there's some others like there's there's a mining um paladin and admittedly 500 games kind of a small amount of number in the overall grand scheme of things but there's a mining paladin deck on there that has a 91 percent win rate and like while i personally have my treant druid um almost up at like like an 85 or 86 um like to have i i know i haven't played 500 games with that so to have like you know multiple people using this deck and it um, functioning like that. I mean, it's kind of incredible. But also, there's regular mining um, uh, paladin. What did I say? Um, you said mining paladin. Okay, cool. The, yeah, I did actually say the right one. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like I said the right one. Um, there, like, there's even like the the more normal decks where you have had like tens of thousands of games. Those are averaging like at about like a 75% win rate. So real fun time to get in if you like the kind of play style that are in those decks. It yeah, it certainly is. It's um it's aggressive and it's just stick a board and then all of a sudden there's some serious problems that your opponent has to deal with. In particular, yeah. Even if you yeah. stick a single minion because of a certain card that, Kat, you mentioned earlier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Shroomscavate Not- is a really good card. And uh, so, like, yeah, all these different variations of Paladin being able to to play that. It's like, 
I mean, seriously, there's there's a couple different variations of like mining paladin too that are. Some of them are running countess and no neutral stuff. Some of them are like running uh, without countess and they're running kind of some of the neutral stuff. But and they they all like you said they they still want to be aggressive. They're kind of still just like doing consistent stuff and then they want to get shroomscavate and maybe some other buffs and just like smack your opponent with a wind fury minion that you just buffed up and uh yeah that's uh that's a little gross but it's also a lot more consistent than some of the other stuff so um yeah that's i i think that that has surprised some people like more than i expected it to i know um that I even mentioned when we were uh, talking last week, like I put out, I had theory crafted a mining, like excavate paladin and like did like a whole article write up and posted it on uh, my website and was like, here's even like some alternate cards you could try out. I even said like, you could do a countess version. Um, but minions that you can get on board or you play things like boogie down and it, pulls minions out of your deck and puts them on the board for you then you get to play cheap um buffs on them you get to play that wind fury and you're excavating and finding like additional resources to help you with added removal or added damage or other things like that like it's got a lot of things going for it that's for sure yeah yeah it does and like it has all these incredible tools that just can allow you to just come out of nowhere, like the um, the the level four excavate reward, where it gives at all the minions, regardless of where they are, plus four, plus four, or plus three, plus three. So that is really good, um, because all of a sudden you just have um. A lot of stuff that is, uh, if it's left on the board, guess what? Paladin's really good already at buffing up their minions. So, um, there's a lot of buffs, um, and the fact that you can immediately just cash them in, um, and just make, like, giant minions that have Divine Shield, Wind Fury, the Sir Finley, that can literally just remove everything from the board and be like okay well <laughs> it doesn't really matter because all your stuff is one ones now and i can just push right through that so the cutest one ones as well like come yes, on, Blizzard, the, uh, that was so mean why would you why would you make us transform our opponent's minions into just this cutest little innocent murloc who's just the little baby murlocs in there and then we gotta kill the little murlocs just a little guy like, just a little guy monsters i, <laughs> I mean the paladin's <laughs> never gonna kill him the paladin's <laughs> just gonna have... ignore him so Fair. Like... i think like one time i killed one of them and that was it <laughs> i was gonna say until it's done to um your minions in which case then you hate the little tiny murlocs with um all your heart uh because that was rude as heck and so you're totally fine with killing little murloc guys yeah definitely i mean you're still left something behind which is better than nothing i guess uh, i don't know 
Paladin's really good, and I don't think they needed about half of the stuff they got. I don't understand. It's very much, uh, and the rich get richer, um, because <laughs> Paladin was doing very, very well before the, uh, the patch, um, and the, the mini set, and now it's like, oh, no, they're just stupidly good. Yeah. So um, it is, it does yeah. feel like that, and that's why I was like kind of excited for like Death Knight to come up through the ranks. There are a few that are not coming up through the ranks though, like mm-hmm. um, like no nobody's seen or heard from Demon Hunter in a while. Um, and then that's, the surprising thing. Oh, go ahead. I, I was gonna say I've been seeing Demon Hunter recently, um, and they're um with that new location. And they're using it on okay. the uh, the Inquisitor. Um, the uh, eight eight mana eight eight that attacks after your hero attacks. <laughs> so yeah. they'll they'll attack a minion, uh, copy it, and then you know have another copy that can go face next turn, or you know when when your hero attacks, and then all fell breaks loose. And that uh, the other one, the other card that summons a, I, I can't remember if it's a copy or or um, a minion from your deck after you cast three spells to the three, seven, four, six. I want to say, or five. I don't remember exactly, but yes, you have like an almost encyclopedic knowledge of these yeah. cards, and so I'm just like <laughs> vibing along, trusting that. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Yeah, there. I I have seen some chatter about like a like a big. I I don't know what they're mm-hmm. like calling this deck. It, it started to rise up, like you said. Like it, it's kind mm-hmm. of still in the process. I would say of bubbling to the surface and like kind yeah, of getting getting itself out there a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like a, it's kind of like a big. DH variation like so yeah getting those kind of big minions and like getting those repeated big boards and and getting to smack your opponent for a bunch of damage um but uh the yeah demon hunter is really not anywhere near like as popular as it was before um for sure it's kind of gotten hit and uh also, I think one thing that it struggles against is, well, the sharpshooter version, at least, is some of those really aggressive decks. So mm-hmm. at, you know, outside of Legend, I would say more more so, uh, we're seeing more of the Paladin decks, we're seeing more Treant Druid, we're seeing that stuff. And those decks just like, beat the crap out of <laughs> sharpshooter Demon Hunter. So at most ranks, um, it's just not like... A, a, seemingly viable option for uh the sharpshooter demon hunter either so yeah because of that it's like eh, demon hunter is not really uh doing all too hot right now in terms of like popularity and uh its consistency it still does do decently at legend and i know some people are still very like they really don't like the play pattern like playing against it but I think it's much less of a, at least like, we need to address this right now than it was like a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, Um, definitely. 
the one thing to kind of like circle back to, um, you know, just about like the stats on all these is that there are a lot of mage decks that are like really solid tier two, very good decks. And yet mage has the lowest win rate right now across everything. And I'm just surprised with so many decent you know options that it has that it's doing so poorly and i was wondering like if you guys had thoughts about that i don't know i mean i don't feel like mage really benefited all that much from the mini set like mage just kind of feels the same as it was before i mean i saw someone trying to play like an aggressive like mech mage again but like the new cards didn't really do anything in for mage in my in my eyes it's just kind of like oh okay well warlock got stuff so and the like it didn't new- seem like warlock made out like of the ones that weren't doing yeah. as well but warlock seems to have had the biggest jump in my mind Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I don't know be- if the stats support that. Yes, but- yes, <laughs> they do. <laughs> Warlock's definitely been get- getting up there. Um, I-, I think for for me, like reflecting on the mage kind of chat, it's it also not only didn't really get anything like enticing or great new cards like Kat just said, but I think it also kind of suffers from that same problem against all the aggressive decks, right? Where all the aggressive decks just like beat the crap out of mage like mage just can't keep up with the amount of speed uh there's a little bit that mage can try to do but also like mage can do a little bit of board clearing but when there's divine shields or repetitive boards with death rattles from like the druids you know treant druids and stuff the mages really struggle with those kind of board states so Mm-hmm. You know, they can try to do a little bit of like, oh, here's like a little bit of armor and a couple skeletons. Woo. <laughs> you know, or like, oh, here's like a single turn of a of a secret or not a secret, but, the, you know, the aura that like makes everything only hit me for one damage. And then I'm just dead next turn anyways. So like, you know, Mage yeah. still kind of really struggles with those uh, aggressive decks that are just really popular right now. So I think that's also kind of a um, just a, a big downside for the mages. Like it's kind of a twofold thing, right? Like, yeah, they didn't get any new exciting cards or anything that like really helped them. And the decks that have gotten stronger or gotten more popular or stayed at the top do really well, well versus mage. So depending on where you are at on ladder, like maybe if you're still in, you know, bronze, silver, gold, maybe you might see a little bit more mage but i would say once you start probably progressing like past that point once you get into like diamond and stuff especially you're probably really going to see like a lot less um mages like as you progress up that ladder i gonna say i saw some a few people trying to make like secret mage work now with that new secret with that like spawns at the beginning of your turn spawns your highest cost I mean, yeah it's it's like it's a snowball, it's I a just, win more card. Like yeah. for for our audio listeners, I pretty much just like wrinkled my nose and did like a yeah. shaking my head and thumbs down. Like no, nah, I just <laughs> yeah, the, people are people are trying to make it work, but it's also still not like that great. I mean, I don't think like 
Hunter necessarily has really, I think Hunter has had like a small rise, but again, Hunter generally also, well, like the Highlander hunters and stuff also struggle against those really aggressive decks. So we haven't really seen that rise up. Arcane Hunter, I think is is rising up a little bit because they kind of can do damage and, and try to combat some of the boards. Um, I did want to reflect a little bit though. You brought up Warlock, like Sludge Warlock and like these, mm-hmm. you know, self-damaging Warlocks and stuff that are kind of doing like fatigue damage and then closing out with like the Sludge um, barrels. That has definitely been rising in popularity. And I think that because of a rise of like that deck and maybe a little bit of like the slower druids and a little bit of the Highlander um, decks that Smarms mentioned earlier as well, those are big reasons why Plague uh, Death Knight has gotten better too. Because let me tell you, as someone who was trying out some Warlock, every time I faced a Death Knight, Every time they shuffle in a stupid thing, it moves all of my sludge barrels off of the bottom. And I'm like, dang it. And then I can't do my cool combo things because my sludge barrels aren't at the bottom anymore. They're mixed into the deck randomly. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I just need to like draw something. And then I draw a barrel and I'm like, I don't want to draw this. Like I want this at the bottom of my deck so that I can discard it from the bottom and it shoots damage at my opponent's face you know or yeah you you know you draw like uh the stupid frost plague so your next card costs one more and then you draw a barrel and you're like what what do i do with this this is dumb and then it's very sad and then you rage and then you don't play for two days could just be me though but like you know so like no that uh, sounds like a universal experience (laughs) that everybody has had that exact situation (laughs) They'd be like, mm, no, like, I don't. I don't think I want to repeat that experience. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Like the the fact that not only does you know the the kind of Highlander and that kind of stuff um, get impacted from those plagues, but the fact that when the plagues get put into the deck, the whole deck shuffles and really messes with like you know things that are put on the bottom of the deck or any deck that like wants to place something at the top like if you do a dredge effect and you didn't draw your card like even sometimes i've had that happen as like tree and druid right you like dredge and you're like shoot it's only like turn three and i can't play any of these cards because all of the options like cost four or more so you just pick something mm-hmm. and then the death knight shuffles in, and you're like oh now the card i just dredged and put on top for next turn is mixed back into my deck and i can't get that card so I think that that, in a way, not not necessarily any specific new cards, but again, like the rise and changing of the meta has made that Plague DK better against other decks that have gotten better. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. And like one of the biggest like cards that, you know, that people were excited about is a Reno card is for Warrior, the 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 new brand so like knowing that you're probably gonna want to pack you know something that handles uh highlander decks and that's exactly what uh plague dk does it does a very good job of interrupting what the plague decks are trying or the uh singleton decks are trying to do so it makes a lot of sense that um 
that would be something that would be very uh, popular at this moment in time and doing very well. So, do we want to really quick just uh, before we wrap up the show? Do you want to talk about like what you've been playing specifically? Like, sure, I'm, yeah. <laughs> all right. uh- Triandruid? <laughs> yeah, not surprising anybody. I still love it. It's still so much fun for me. Um, I I don't know. I see like a lot of benefits. I really like the play style. I like how A, I mean, I, I like winning all the time. It's very nice. And then uh, B, I, I just think it's fun the different card combos and definitely getting the death rattles where you resummon stuff and like it's kind of got that you're just endless bored um and that's real fun for me so i've been sticking with tree and druid i mean as long as you're as long as you're having fun you don't really have to like explain it (laughs) you just wait we play games for fun what is this yeah (laughs) I I don't think that's actually true, but like I'm intrigued to hear your thought. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, I already so- mentioned for me the like d- was trying some sludge warlock. I'm um, trying to test mm-hmm. that out. Uh, definitely, I I haven't committed yet to playing like the kind of more tested uh, variation lists of the mining paladin i've still just kind of been playing the one that i theory crafted which is a little bit different than than like the the top ones mostly it's different in uh the like one drops that it plays but still kind of similar um so i'm pretty proud of myself for like you know hey like i think this is gonna be good and like here's some different things uh so i definitely have been trying that out um in addition to the warlock, I haven't myself gotten to really try any of these like shattered, oh gosh, shattered reflections like druid or priest that I like mostly druid mm-hmm. that I've been hearing about. Um, but though that's kind of like on my list of like I'll probably give those decks a try at some point. Um, I. <laughs> I wanted to see if there was some sort of elemental shaman that we could do or something, but I don't know. I'm just <laughs> hey, I, I, it's it's heartbreaking that like you know going through the metal list. It's like nothing, <sighs> nothing elemental. Like that's and not. I know where this went, yeah. and it's very sad. I mean, I feel like you can. Uh, I feel like there's still something out there with elementals. Like, is it like? Tier one, no, but like you can play elementals. I don't think it's yeah. like an auto, like you're not queuing up an auto loss. I yeah. Just, it's not like the most powerful thing in the world. So, like, um, I think kind of where problem, I, like. I, I think the problem with it is kind of like where Hunter is right now and a little bit of the other decks is that they're kind of just too fair, as a lot of people say, right? Like, they, like you're playing a little bit of stuff on curve and then like for elemental shaman specifically you're trying to get up to your your big powerful legendary so you're trying to play elementals every turn and then get him on the board so that you do a bunch of damage Mm -hmm. and like clear their board and kill them for like 10 damage or something because you played elementals for like 10 turns in a row and like it can do stuff but it's not it's not cheating things out 
you know, like Boogie Down is like pulling one drops out of the deck for Paladin. It's not discounting buffs and stuff. So you're playing like one and zero mana buffs on things. You know, it's not like Druid where you're like, hey, cool, I'm going to play this card and then like get multiple copies of this big important minion or it's not, you know, getting a bunch of um, repetitive board states with like the treant kind of boards. It The the elementals are just, I think right now in, in our current kind of meta states and the way the game is, I, I think the, the elementals and like hunters that we're kind of seeing in some of the other lists across some of the other classes are just a little too fair. Even rogue still like mining rogue is still decent. Like it was, uh, there, there was a bug the first, like what day, I think the first day of the mini set first, like kind of 24 hours or something. There was a bug with Velarok where it was like back to, you had to, uh, play three cards to transform it. Oh, <laughs> And then they fixed it. Um, and then I was hearing a lot of people like, yep, yeah, all right, well, like, <laughs> the game was great. Like, well, that was bugged and nobody was playing Rogue. <laughs> and then like, oh, they fixed it. Now people are playing Rogue again, like, boo. Uh, so, you know, I, I I want elementals to work. I want things like dragons to work. I want to play like Dragon Paladin or like a Dragon Priest again. But those things right now are just like they're too fair they just don't keep up with the amount of value and the amounts of like kind of cheating stuff out that the other decks are doing right now yeah i mean (laughs) it is what it is i i don't know how what else to say there i know i just want to play elementals (laughs) yeah i get it uh i wish i wish they were more playable for you but that appears to not be in the cards for you right right now at this moment in time, so. That's all right. I'll just keep playing Paladin and not have any cards in my deck anymore because I pulled them all out and played them for free, so. <laughs> I mean, that's a very good thing to, to, to have in front of you. That's a, certainly a good problem to have, so. Uh, so, do you want to guess what I've been playing? Control- a warrior. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna say, wait, are you playing priest? Are you giving priest a try? I played a little bit of priest, it's, but no, it's, it's either been, priest or warrior. Been, yeah, it's it's warrior. There's no way it wasn't gonna, you know. <laughs> yeah, the control warrior, bonkers strong. How? I kind of want to hear about your experience playing that a little bit before before we do our wrap up. Like, how has it felt to you? Because I've also seen a lot of discussion about like, it is very good. It's very popular at Legend. Like, it's like 22% of like Legend right now, which mm-hmm. is incredibly high, right? Like, yeah, anything above probably like 15% is a, is a high percentage. Um, but... I've also seen on the other side that like people are saying, well, it's kind of counterable. Like you can play things to, to actually like fight against warrior pretty decently or, or semi consistently. It's like, what's been your experience playing uh, the mining warrior and control warrior? Um, it's been interesting because yeah, there is definitely a, um, aspect to it where it is like, Oh yeah, you can definitely like play against it, but it's still like, warrior and it still does its like same like controly things and like um 
like I've beaten Paladin plenty of times. I've beaten uh Triant Druid plenty of times, like um because of like it's still got the same control tools that it that it has, and then you have like once you start doubling up your battle cries and all of a sudden like it kind of shifts things and like gives you that much so much more power and flexibility and sometimes you can just gain a bunch of armor out of nowhere and like stabilize so like um i think one of the like more um like right now definitely um one of the more important cards is uh steam cleaner steam cleaner is doing serious work for the the control decks because a it counters the warlocks because sludge barrels don't start in your deck so uh once your opponent puts a good number of sludge barrels in their deck you can just blow them up and um like two um like it'll take all the uh, plagues out of your deck so it turns back on your brand and your reno um and number three it does incredible things in the mirror because um generally when you have bombus uh thargon like he is generally played one turn and then you kind of shuffle the deck with either you know finley or you know you draw a bunch of cards it depends on like the variants you're, you're playing but um so you can literally just hold on to it and with the steam cleaner just be like all right well he plays it i just wipe i take all his tnt out of or i take all the tnt out of my opponent's deck and they just get a eight cost seven seven so like they're uh the steam cleaner and like etc do real work in those decks like right now um if you remember Bran, um, Theotar, like, that's a thing that's happening now, like, you can brand Theotar. Yeah, so. I've, oh, I've heard about that, like, yeah, you play that deep minor brand, so all your battle cries are duplicated, and then you just play Theotar and get to steal two cards from your opponent's hand. I mean, yeah, Astor does puts two copies every time in your hand. Yeah. Uh eight mana Astor does twenty eight damage. So like that's like your win con there. It's just like, yep, yeah, no, uh I just use brand and then all of a sudden I don't really have to worry about anything now because Yep, you're gonna die because I've got multiple t- t- uh turns where either you fill up the board I just clear it, and I have an 8-8 left over, or you don't have enough health on the board to absorb um, 28 damage. So, like, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty um, powerful, but, like, it is susceptible to being a Highlander deck, so, like, it's not as consistent as your normal like control warrior used to be and it um is still susceptible to like like those mid-rangey and like um multiple board states and then like 
Mirror matches are weird because it's like who gets brand first. That's kind of one of the things. It's just like who gets brand first is probably going to ask for first and that's usually going to decide it. So it's uh, it's certainly an interesting um, thing. You know, it, you know, it's I don't know if you guys have put a lot of like control mirrors and it's just one of those like matches where it's just like you're, you're you have that one specific card like if you played the old like warrior you know mirror matches it's like odin you need odin and like whoever gets odin online first probably is going to win so and yeah i um yeah in my mirror matches it tends to be who has drawn cards on curve uh, <laughs> but some some mirror matches are like that yeah yeah well all right everybody we have now shared what we have been playing what maybe we have enjoyed and now for this week's poll question we want to know what class have you enjoyed playing the most since the mini set came out and also, you know, we, we'd love to hear, like, what archetypes or specific decks you've been playing. So uh, feel free to just pick an answer for our poll question. But we also would love to see some comments and see people talking about the, the decks that they have played. Uh, so for the actual uh, poll question answers, you can pick that you have enjoyed playing Warlock the most, Death Knight, or Druid. Or you can select other and feel free to comment. So we'd love to uh, to see those. And you know, if uh, if you do leave a comment, then definitely we'll, we would love to read those and shout you out on the show next week. So put something in there. Give us something to talk about. And we will talk about those results on next week's show. Speaking of the show, you can find us on Twitter at Dr3HS. Email the show at dr3hs at gmail.com, and you can follow our top pin tweet to join the Dr. 3 Discord. You can find myself on Twitter at alkaline underscore cat, and Twitch in blue sky is alkaline cat, all one word. Dragon Rider. Once I find my mouse on these two screens to unmute myself, yes. <laughs> probably looks like deer in headlights there <laughs> where's my mouse uh yeah you can find me on twitter at donnie dk d-a-w-n-i-e-d-k you can find me on twitch and youtube dragon rider tccg and returning this week on fridays uh we are bringing back tccg roundtable we kind of had like a uh, month month and a half like hiatus uh just because there was so much going on i ended up being sick so much uh, but we also are very excited to introduce that not only myself and Ron Mexico are doing that, but we will also now be joined most weeks at least uh, by Dankestad, uh, who does a lot of different card games and has a lot of knowledge there. So if you liked the conversation that the three of us were having about like the esports and and card stuff. Uh, then definitely you want to tune in this week for our like return show because we're we're gonna dive into that and really pull from a lot of different uh, card games and competitive scenes and and talk like more in depth about that. So check that out at uh, on my YouTube or TCCG Roundtable and Smarms.
You can find me on both Twitter and Twitch at Send Me Your Arms, as well as on Blizzlet. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in this week. I uh, hope you're out there enjoying the ladder and enjoying the meta. And as always, you've been listening to Dr. Three.